For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Wednesday, January 27th with the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Raj Geary, as here with the regular Wednesday crew of Alfred Kanoa and Matt Morgan. Guys, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing, doing good. good. How about yourself, Alfred? Great, great. How are you, man? I'm doing good. I'm kind of had no sleep over the past week moving Wrestling Inc. <laughs> to this new platform. I know people who visit the site, have they probably saw some uh, technical errors from Friday over the weekend. All those are sorted out. We're just fixing some small kinks here and there, but hopefully everything should be good. What do you mean to a new platform? So, like, it's a new design or something on it? It's a whole new system. So, the system it was on before is one I had programmed, and I started it 20 years ago, and I've just been constantly redoing the code, recoding it, upgrading it. And then, finally, I've just been so – it's been like five years where I'm like, I need to get away from the technical side and move it to this new system. But I basically dummy been the that only... down more. Dummy that down more. What's that? Dummy that down a little bit more. What do you mean? So the system, so like uh, like CNNs and and TMZs, they're usually on these systems like a WordPress or Joomla. Oh. Um, so there are these large um, CMSs they call them, and mine is basically one that I just program myself and that I've been constantly upgrading and fixing bugs and, and redesigning. Uh, over the years and finally it's like i just it's just better to move it all to one place but i'm the only one that knows my code so it's just been tricky um just finding developers and so finally i did a lot of it myself on one end and then you know had some cms developers on the other end but it's been uh, <laughs> you know it, it's been it's been all right all things considered considering you ever how think long started, why not do that for other people and make money off I don't have time. I mean, people ask, you mean uh, create websites? I used to do that for, for that used to be my business was uh, in addition to Wrestling Inc. I had a couple other websites and then I'd create websites, but then I, oh, I just wow. had to stop. Just cause so Raja WWF really was you. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> no, no, that one's not me. <laughs> Over 40 plus year old wrestling fans will know what that is. Yeah. That was like one of the first, like, Dirt sheets I think I ever stumbled upon. I just think that was you too, Raj, for a while. Like, <laughs> hey, I just needed to know that's got to be the same person. Like, what are the there's, odds? There's a lot of people that thought that. <laughs> um, yeah, what are the odds? Two guys named Raj having pro wrestling sites at the same yeah. time. Yeah. I didn't put mine in the name, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, so Dynamite and NXT. I, I, I thought Dynamite. Uh, I did not get to watch NXT. Um, I'm going to watch that after we're done. 
But Dynamite, I thought, was a really good show. Oh, I thought it was better than last week. I thought last week was kind of below average for what they had been doing. I thought it was a, a big improvement. It was better than NXT tonight. Um, surprise. But but NXT is putting some good shows out, by the way. But it, I thought AEW won tonight. Yeah. yeah. More entertaining show for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's one thing NXT. I hope they they work on this at some point is making the show seem more lively and more colorful. Yeah. You don't have to stick to just yellow and black. You can add some other colors and make it look more, <laughs> uh, you know, more, more lively. Uh, but we'll go through AE Dynamite uh, first. Uh, AE Dynamite opened with Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts came out with Archer, and Archer told him to go to the back. So uh, Jake went to the back. Uh, this match was basically uh, Archer just killing, just killing Kingston. At one point, he hit a choke slam from inside of the ring to the outside. That looked brutal. Uh, Kingston like hit the the apron and then fell down. I mean, it, it looked like. It looked like it could have been bad when they showed the replay. Mm-hmm. He had, you know, uh, landed on his hip. But uh, Archer was killing him and killing him. I think at that point you knew uh, that Kingston was going to win. And at the end, there was a distraction. Butcher and the Blade came out. They had Jake the Snake uh, basically held ha- captive. And then the bunny handed the some brass knucks to Kingston, who backfisted it on Archer's face, and Kingston got the win. Nice uh, back. Your thoughts? That was a nice, that was a very good back fist. That's so hard to do. That's something I I never could pull off. I never tried to either. But I always thought I'd clobber somebody. I remember working on it. I swear to God, like one day before uh, our show at TNA with uh, Kong, Kong threw an amazing back fist. Right. Um, but she also wore them MMA gloves, which gives you a little bit of cushion behind it. So if you stiff the crap out of somebody, you're, you you kind of help them. You kind of protect them a little bit. Um, same with Undertaker when he started throwing those soup bones in the corner with his punches. He has those MMA gloves, so it's a little bit of padding on it. It doesn't hurt as much. But um, that was really good. I, I, I like this. I like him going over. I know I always want to defend the big guys and say Monster shouldn't be losing this early on in their career with AEW. You know, a, a year in Archer is, right, maybe. But uh, I like as long as Kingston won, I was cool with that. <laughs> And yeah. Kingston could use it. I mean, because he yes, loses right? a lot. I think he's All only won one singles match, so. On, on Dynamite. That's how good he is at getting his steam back and his heat back. But, yeah, it was good. Good win for him. Yeah. Alfred. It really was. And I love um, Lance Archer. I really don't like seeing him lose. But they do a good job of protecting him. And this is a perfect way to get Eddie Kingston over uh, Lance Archer. Given the fact that Eddie Kingston is tough as nails. That's his character. You can believe him taking a beating and then finally at the end coming up with some nefarious means to win the match. They're even talking up how much of a scumbag he is throughout the match on commentary. So this all made sense in terms of how Eddie Kingston would be able to beat Lance Archer. Because Lance Archer, you're right, Raj. Just beat the crap out of Eddie Kingston. Looked like a million dollars for this match. And then Eddie Kingston pulled out a cheap way to win. I had no problem with this. Yeah, that being said, I do think Lance Archer should get some more wins because he, mm-hmm. he, he doesn't get that many wins on, on Dynamite, too. So, you know, again, you have a few monsters. Let's let's build them up a little more. But yeah. it, was a, it, was a, it was a strong opener. Uh, up next, we had a, a promo with John Moxley, who was uh, talking. He's just doing a promo, uh, very self-aware, saying uh, he's a simple man. He likes his uh, water lukewarm, his uh, or room temperature his coffee hot his beer cold he likes sex in the morning so you start <laughs> off the day right which i can see that and uh 
And then he just uh, you want to go to some detail about that rush? Yeah, no, I'm a I'm a I'm a morning sex man as well. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Moxley tells his partners Pack and Phoenix to saddle up for their match at at Beach Break against Kenny Omega, uh, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson. Uh, yeah, Alfred, I'll shoot to you first. I just love these. John Moxley is like can't miss when it comes to these. Not that he's bad live, but whenever he has that certain amount of time to cut this backstage promo where he has a lot of information to get out in not that much time, it's a very, very difficult skill to do in pro wrestling, and he's better than just about anybody. That's a very um, adept viewpoint on that, actually. Good. I, I'm happy to hear you catch that because you're right. He's putting – Usually the definition of something like that would be like, oh, I don't know. When somebody would critique that promo backstage, normally they'd say, you know, John, that's you basically put out 20 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag. You, you, you put too much in that, you know, so people aren't going to remember everything you said because you put way too much out there. Not in his case. He's able to do that, which is next to impossible. They teach us not to do that, quite frankly, mm-hmm. in promos, in promo class. Um, he's that good. He is that good at it. Um, FH with the five dollar uh, five pound super chat saying I like that uh, that on tonight's dynamite there were matches where I wasn't sure who would win mainly Archer versus Kingston and Jungle yeah. Boy versus Dax yeah especially that one and yeah, good point. Uh, yeah. Um, so I was going to use that whole sex thing to transition to our sponsor tonight but I'm going to hold off on that for a little bit uh-huh. um, uh. One thing that should be pointed out, a lot of people actually were not able to see the, the first match. Uh, I guess Why? Dynamite, the feed was down for, for like YouTube TV, um, Hulu, uh, the TNT app, uh, a few other places. So a lot of people were complaining online that they weren't able to, to watch it. Wow. Uh, up next, there we had a, a Sting promo with Darby Allen. Uh, they talked about how they were called a hoodlum by Taz. Then they basically started talking about how they are hoodlums. Al, uh, Darby threw his skateboard through a window, and then Sting started bashing some of the windows with his bat. No, no. No, no, Sting, you're not a hoodlum. No, no. <laughs> We've seen no. Sting for 30 years. He, he's, no. We know him Stop. as a ca- California surfer and the crow. <sighs> Can we just, like... I, I felt bad because I like Steve a lot, but like this made me feel like he's trying to be the old man hanging out with the young kid and trying to be hip and cool. And this young kid saying where, uh, um, what do you call it again? Hoodlums? Hoodlums? Yeah, I, we, I, I am. A, yes, we're, we're hoodlums. Yes. Yes, we're hoodlums. That's what these kids must be saying today. Yes. Hashtag hoodlums. Yes. You know, like, try to be hip and cool. It doesn't fit them. It's not who you are. Sting, you're a legend. Get that word. No one's ever going to consider you a hoodlum. No one has ever considered you a hoodlum. Now, Darby <laughs> Allen, that works for him. That works for him all day. Right. Alfred? I, I actually didn't see it that way. I thought there was a level of self-awareness to when Sting was saying he's a hoodlum. It's not like he was wearing a backwards hat or a hoodie or he was trying to dress young or he was trying to convince us that he was. He kind of deadpanned the camera. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm a hoodlum. Like, he thought it was ridiculous. I didn't think that he was really trying to convince us he was. I think he just said that because they're doing a street fight. So I actually was kind of entertained by this. But uh, they, he did, but he did just that by starting bashing windows with his back. Sure, sure, yeah. And they, they got a little tough at the end, like it was a, you know, Michael Jackson. So this was, a, this was a middle-aged, <laughs> Alfred, you're missing the middle-aged uh, 
50 plus year old man meltdown that's still in the Snickers bar at the target because he sees the kid in front of him doing it. Like it's a middle age, mid age crisis. I don't know. Yeah. I I think it would have been better if he, if he said, you know, I may be a a legend, I may be a hall of famer, but I could still be a hoodlum or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I, I know what you're saying. It'd be like if sting was saying, Hey Darby, you're keeping it a hundred, you know, like it just, just keep it. You're a legend. You're an icon. Just keep the verbiage that way. And Darby, I got to say his promo did nothing for me here. Um, I don't know. He's got to step up his game when he's in the segments with Sting because a lot of people are going to be watching these. Yeah, yeah, the aesthetics of it was cool. The setup of it, I guess, was cool, right? Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, you're right. A lot of people are going to watch it. And what sucks for him is Sting is sneaky tall. He's like six foot four, six five. It's He's a, he's a sneaky tall guy. It's weird. Yeah, yeah Darby so, was sitting down. I think it was kind of smarter than to have Darby sitting yes, down. Yes, it was. Of standing right next to him. Because when they were in the ring, what was it, last week and the week before that, I was like, oh, stay away from him. Don't get too close. Yeah. You know, keep your space just because he dwarfs him so much. And we know Darby's short. We're not trying to hide that. But I don't know. I just want him to do well, right? <laughs> this would have been funny. Tim Mickles. <laughs> Sting yelled out, cops are coming. <laughs> uh, up next, we had Chris Jericho and MJF versus the Varsity Blondes. Man, if you look at pictures of Jericho from the early 90s when he teamed with uh, with Lance Storm, he looks just like Griff Garrison. It's insane. And yeah. Yeah. I can see it. Google uh, Google Chris Jericho and Lance Storm, and you'll see some of those pictures. It's it's wild. Um, but yeah, this was another this was another good match. It was everything it, it was supposed to, you it was supposed to be. You you knew what the finish was at the at the end. Uh, Pillman sent. Uh, Jericho sent Pillman down to the apron and uh, got him back in the ring. Hit the Judas effect and the Lion Salt, which looked good this week, and got the cover one, two, three. So Chris Jericho and MJF getting the win. Good easy match. Needed to be exactly what it was. I think that Lion Salt was a message. Uh, Jericho had already knocked out. I think it was Griff Garrison with his uh, Judas. Uh, effect and then while he was right. down he hit the lion's salt and then jr even made a point say he hit it perfectly this time right <laughs> there was a little controversy last week with people saying that he, jericho should retire the move yes. and whatnot but jericho looked perfect doing the mat doing the move yeah that's definitely why he did it he always makes the pin after the judas effect yeah. obviously right so yeah, yeah. jericho here's him just like jericho starting to get low-key into shape like he's starting to lose that gut because i know that the whole controversy with the nba fans going after him is probably something that he picked up on too and jericho loves showing people up who fans? Well, NBA Twitter got after Jericho because of his body. It was a whole thing uh, last month when there was a big NBA lead, and a lot of the NBA fans saw Jericho for the first time in years, and they were like, oh, man, this is what Chris Jericho looks like. They body shamed him. And so now I've just been noticing that uh, in the recent weeks, Jericho's been looking in better and better shape. Yeah, he even uh, posted a photo on his Instagram of him looking uh, in good shape. Yeah, yeah, he looks good. But yeah, <laughs> NBA Twitter can be brutal. So uh, <laughs> up next, uh, so after the match, MJF and Sammy Guevara uh, just argued a little bit. So uh, overall, the group looks to be together, but they were still uh, jaw jacking. Um, and we went to this promo with Pac, and Pac was just going nuts. I don't know what the hell he said, but it was awesome. He's uh, just as intense as as you could be. I thought yeah. I thought I, it was one of those promos. It was like uh, Ultimate Warrior back in the day. <laughs> You don't know what he's talking about, but it was freaking cool. 
Uh, <laughs> Matt, what do you think? Um, he's a very he's very intense, and he's jacked. So there's something about it where his intensity matches his 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 physique, if you will. It just adds so much more to it. Like I believe him when he talks. Right. I do. I don't think he thinks he's the shortest guy in the room at all. I think right. he thinks he's ten foot, ten feet tall and bulletproof. I buy everything he says. Yeah, and he should be on TV every week, whether it's live or whether he does these remotes, because I know he's not able to be in the country, and that's one of the reasons that he'll disappear for a few weeks on end. But when you see yeah. things like this, it's like this guy's so talented that he should command this type of real estate every single week. So if they can't get him yeah. in the building, I really want to see more stuff like this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jess Callens is asking, where do you see this partnership or whatever it is with AEW and Impact uh, and, and ending up being in the long run? Tony Khan buying them? I'm confused. I mean, maybe. Who the hell knows? I just know. I, I Look, I've watched Tony Khan say do a couple interviews on this subject already. I'm sure you guys have too. Um, and he's trying to make it sound like he's showed everybody up, like how this is working and stuff. And it's like, uh, brother, it's working for Impact. It ain't working for you. You're not. You're still not the one making out in this deal. Love the Good Brothers, but you guys could have had them. You right. could have had them under contract already. Um, Kenny Omega, your world champion, going to their show. I'll still argue is a bigger deal for their show, for their brand, for Impact. Impact was dead, dead. Um, almost every nail was in that coffin, but one. Okay. Um, you know, I hate saying that. It's my whole company, but it's the truth. And I, I think it's a one-sided deal still. I think Don Callis, everybody I talk to is, keeps saying Don Callis is the smartest man in pro wrestling right now is what he looks like. Yeah. Um, Alfred? I think when you look at where the pro wrestling business is headed, it's not necessarily a pay-per-view business as much as it is a live streaming and content business. So I think Tony Khan has in mind that He's in a new company with not a lot of back catalog, not a lot of content. So if he can work together with a lot of these different companies, maybe he will start buying them up, if nothing else, so that when they make a pitch to sell their content to somebody, they've got all these libraries that will make them more valuable or whatnot. But I do think that the long play is to have some type of AEW streaming service. And if he owns Impact Wrestling and these other companies, he's going to be able to yeah. add to that. And it'll be easier to sell that to somebody who, like one of these upstart streaming services who you see are bidding billions of dollars on this type of content. Wow. I mean, that is a good yeah. point because right now, I mean, even Impact's ratings haven't gone up. I mean, they, right. they did right after Kenny Omega came in. They right. had a little two-week bump. This week, they were up a little bit. Last week, they were, did one of their worst ratings in a couple months um, or their lowest since mid-November. So just to put it in perspective, this past week, they did a .05 in, in their demo, and mm. AEW does a .36. So that's 620% higher than what Impact does. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, can I just it, say we were doing like 1.4s and shit? Did I just say that? 0. Yeah. 0.05, did you say? Yeah, that's a, in the in the demo the, that rating. Uh, yeah, but 0. 0.05, not 0. 0.5, right? It's heartbreaking. That is heartbreaking. I hate it. Over that. a million viewers every week on Spike without fail for a while. Yeah, it'd be like it breaks my heart. Yeah, I mean, it'd be like Evolve. I mean, I guess Evolve doesn't exist anymore, but you know, someone like that uh, invading Raw. Just what WWE doesn't really have anything to gain from it. But uh, to your point, Al, um, uh, Alfred, if the point is to pick up companies, and Contact. he did have the chance to buy Impact a while ago. He didn't throw yeah. his hat on. He wanted to start something new. But, you know, with what we're seeing with what WWE is making with the deal with Peacock, uh, you can see that he would have to purchase them out because Impact does have their own streaming service. 
Mm. Um, so they showed earlier in the night, Shaq challenged Cody to a, a match in March. He just said in March. He didn't say a date. Um, the one thing, <laughs> <laughs> they, they cut away so quick that it, it, it didn't, yeah. uh, you can, you know, it was just so, so quick that it kind of took away from it. Uh, Matt, what'd you think? So I felt I, I, originally that was my first thought, but then because I want this company to do well, right? This was another. This is where I'm not grading them fairly. If this was WWE, I probably jump all over them for it. But because it's AEW, I want to see them do well. They're only one year plus old company. They've my my brain wants to shut off and go shut up, Matt. It's freaking Shaquille O'Neal. They have freaking Shaquille O'Neal on their show. That's a big deal. That's a bigger deal than them may, maybe not executing it perfectly um his 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 segment on it but again Shaquille O'Neal was on their show so that's a win yeah sure and that's definitely a great aspect is having Shaquille O'Neal on the show but it just still feels kind of tongue-in-cheek uh, you know like haha we're gonna have a wrestling match it, I'm not saying Shaq should be serious like he wants to kill Cody but I would like a little better storytelling in terms of why there's a conflict like you know an actual segment maybe in the studio between Cody and Shaq because this back and forth isn't really working for me. Yeah. What would it be? Though? What would their point, what would their bone of contention like be about? Like that? Yeah. Nobody's gonna, no one's ever going to buy those two. Guys. Seriously. Shaquille would kill him. Would kill him. Yeah. Well, they, they haven't explained the most basic thing, which is what is Shaq and Jade Cargill's relationship? Like, why are they? Yeah. Why are they not explaining that? I mean, just, a small thing like their childhood friends or like uh Shaq pulled strings to get Jade in the business anything oh. to explain I thought um, you guys told me they're dating Well that is no? the, that is the no, I don't know that No nah, yeah oh, that's a bad. rumor I thought, I thought they were rumor. like getting married or something I'm dead serious I didn't know that okay my bad That's a rumor um but again for 99.5% of the people watching don't haven't heard that no. um Give them anything, but because right now there's absolutely no story as as to why they're doing this. So, no, they got to explain. They definitely need to explain that. Then, um, I thought I, I knew this from the back end. From you know, you somebody's telling me that they they may be an item, right? But obviously, if they're not, um, then you need to say what the hell it is. That how'd you get in the company? Why is she bringing up Shaquille O'Neal's name right. every week? Like you got to explain that. Yeah. I mean, they should explain yeah. that the first week she was there. Like, why she's there for Shaq. Like, like right? Like, that'd be like my first week at Impact, and this is like when Hogan's still like with WWE or something like that. And I'm like, and Hulk Hogan's going to be coming out here to take you on Jeff Jarrett. Like, wait, what? <laughs> right. Like, you know yeah. It'd and be more, like, more importantly, how the hell you know Hulk? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It would be like if, uh, if Lita made her debut coming out during a Stone Cold promo and saying, I'm bringing in Tyson. Tyson's yeah. coming after you. I'm like, oh. What? <laughs> what? What is your connection? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, anyway, uh, so Cody uh, and Arn Anderson came out. Uh, Tony asked Cody to reply to Shaq. And Cody said, you know, noted that Brandy and him are they're pregnant, now having a baby. He asked Arn Anderson what he should be doing. Um, Arn <sighs> talked about, kind of went into this long thing about how dusty didn't miss his birth and he still showed up which made no sense because they're not he's not even going to be close to missing uh brandy giving birth and then um he just said i think you should your partner should be uh 
he, he is someone that's had a problem with Jade, and then he brings out Red Velvet. Now, uh, Red Velvet cut a promo, and she says uh, she is going to put her hands on Jade, and she will stir your bitch ass up. So, uh, Red Velvet and Cody against Shaq and Jade Cargill is what it looks like. Okay, one, Cody looks like such a tool consistently asking Arn Anderson for coaching and life advice. <laughs> Cody, you're the biggest star in that company. You don't need it. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't look right. It looks like you're just trying to get Arn on TV, which is great because we all, every one of us that have ever wrestled for WWE love Arn because he's one of the best agents to want to work with to help you set up your match and make it make sense. And great dude. Everyone respects the hell out of Arn Anderson. But it, you could have put him with anybody else in that company, and it would have made more sense and helped that talent, I'd argue, a lot more than it's able to help Cody. Cody's a by-himself babyface. I don't know why he continues to lay your shit on when he comes out. Like, he needs a belt. Um, uh, well, Pyro's dope. His music is dope. But, but he comes out with, like, 55 people. Like, like he's got. I don't see why he thinks he needs that. He's a star on his own. And he's proven it with this company since he's started there. You know, I, I think so, at least. He, he's not a gimmick. He doesn't need all these gimmicks and layers on top of him. I don't know why he thinks he needs them. That's kind of part of the story that they tell with Cody, though. And it led to him losing to um, Brody Lee is that he had so much going and he was burning candles at both ends. And now he's got this big entourage and his entourage would increase every single week. So I guess they were kind of trying to tell you that. Yeah, like Matt Morgan is saying, that he just kind of surrounds himself with all the stuff that he really doesn't need, and he would probably be better off if he just focused. And uh, in this segment, I will say that I never thought I'd hear myself say this, uh, because I love Arn, I grew up with him, I think he's an all-time underrated wrestler, but Red Velvet cut circles around Arn Anderson when it came to their promos, because Arn's was very long and mumbling, and it seemed like he forgot his lines at some point. And Red Velvet came in there, and she didn't do anything too special, but she was very convicted, and I really liked her promo uh, against Jade Cargill. She was just in there, pissed yeah. off. Firing, I I'm going to point this out. Arn Anderson is considered a top 20 promo of all time. Yeah. I just want to point that out. So that's really complimentary of Red Velvet. Although I hate this. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Um, <laughs> she's done a much better job of not doing it 55 times when she comes out at first. Um, you guys remember? I see. I watch Dark. You probably don't watch Dark. She was all over Dark when she first started with this company. And her entrance, she does it like seven times. So she's peeled it back a little bit. And uh, there's a difference between her and Jade, if you hear when they cut their promos as well. She is a good promo. But uh, believability as far as physical looking, I'm sorry. There is nobody more, like, believable looking that they will F you up than Jade Cargill. Yeah. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but none of the three people, three of the four people in this match have not won a match on Dynamite yet, right? Or a singles match. I don't I'll think we're at I want to say Red Velvet has maybe in a tag. Um, I'm probably wrong. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say one of those times she came out with Brandy. She won. I think maybe her first time, but I'm not sure. I don't. I can't say that for sure. Yeah. So, you, you know, again, it's let's build some of these people up. Let's give them some wins before announcing them for these big matches. I mean, Jade Cargill. She has the look. They, she has been featured. She kind of stands out on her own. But you Just know, give her squashes. Give her squashes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
And Red Velvet, you know, again, uh, you know, WWE, this is something that they do too much of is where they recap every single, uh, you know, uh, for every right. single segment on the show. They recap what happened the, the previous three weeks. AEW doesn't do enough of that. They should do it once or twice just so you could see the history with Red Velvet. Show that on Dark, she, you know, Brandy Rose was her manager. I think she was her manager once on Dynamite, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of tell that story to people that. Because the vast majority of their people don't watch Dark or their fans. Uh, so anyway, that's going to be your match. And uh, Stellar Justin Lopez with the 999 Super Chat. Thank you, Justin. Saying the NBA wasn't going to have an all-star game this year. Why not? But now it now it's rumored to happen on March 7th, which is when right. TNT usually carries the game. So we right. got to see if Shaq can make the pay-per-view if the rumors are true. Wow. Dude, I want the damn All-Star game. No offense, Cody and AEW. I, I, what the hell? I didn't even know they weren't. They were thinking about not doing an All-Star game this year. Yeah, so that's the date that they're choosing. And so they can't, they're so. not going to go back to the week before. I guess this date is set. So, yeah, if wow. they do it. I mean, so Shaq, he works the, the team. He's like a the TNT, broadcaster. Uh, quad host of, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know if I don't him, think. Kenny Smith, Charles Barkley and uh, Ernie TNT has a relationship with AEW. I wonder if they let him out of it for. Well, that might have to be a cinematic match. Maybe they'll just do something pre-taped if push comes to shove. A... Yeah. And that's that's two cinematic matches. Cause yeah. and... and to be fair, Shaq covers the dunk contest. Normally he covers like the, the all-star Saturday more than he does the actual Sunday game. Okay. Uh. Lopez also saying also that promo Shaq cut was cringeworthy okay. it was like something out of the 90s it was but I mean that's a killing on their show shout out <laughs> you I mean you got to have again as an actor you got to have some motivation and if yeah, yeah I don't think he really has that yet other than getting water thrown at him by Brandy who's not who can't be a part of the match all right so up next, Hangman Page versus Ryan Namath. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Ryan Namath is Dolph Ziggler's younger brother. Um, pretty Nemeth. short match. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, what's that match? Namath. Namath. Oh, Namath, sorry. What did I say, Namath? Yeah. Ah, Namath. Um, anyway, the, the finish, uh, Hangman Page hit a uh, the Buckshot Lariat, get the win by pinfall. During the match, Matt Hardy was watching him. Uh, from the stage, I mean, from the uh, from the ramp, and then mm-hmm. clap for him after he won. So, uh, before I get into the post match stuff, what do you guys think of the match? Good. I thought Ryan Emmett looked pretty good. Um, this was it's tough to be showcased and take and pick up a loss as well, right? So he looks great. He's always looked really good, though. Um, I don't know. I'd like to say, hey, hope he gets hired, but dude. Again, I'll point out Jurassic Express was, like, missing in action for, like, three months on television there. Like, they have so many good talents on this show. It's so hard to get on. Lance Archer with Jake Roberts for crying out loud. For quite a while there, it felt like they were gone for a good month. It felt at least a while back, right? Like, so they, they need another show desperately. Desperately. Because they have that, that's a very stacked roster. Yeah. yeah I don't think I've ever seen a more loaded roster, honestly. Yeah, it's pretty much. It was pretty much all Hangman Adam Page. I learned nothing about Ryan Nemeth, and I, he's been around for a long time. He used to be part of the yeah. FCW system, I believe. Um, yeah. So I know that he's good. And he's a good hand and whatnot. But I, I don't see any reason as to why they had to have him on this show. Maybe it was just to come in and do a one and done as a favor. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. With hey, look, we gave your brother a dark match. 
all right, you know, it is what it is. But we can't hire him right now, you know, maybe one day. Yeah, I was kind of surprised this wasn't on Dark because usually they have like the the debuts and things like that and, and the lesser used talent on there unless they're going to so, be doing something with them. I think it's the storyline between Big Money Matt and Hangman, you yeah. know, it, 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 Big I love Big Money Matt. Right, right, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't mean this, uh, this page wrestling, but I just mean having uh, Nemeth's debut, like doing it in the dark right. match uh, on dark. But, um, so yeah. So after that, uh, Matt Hardy came down to the ring. Big money, Matt. I, I think this character in this environment is so much better than the broken stuff. Oh my god, uh, a thousand times better. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, no, I think it's great. Uh, he says he knows how much Paige loved Omega and the Young Bucks, and they burned him. He said the dark. Order had been coming after him, and he doesn't want anything. He just wants Paige to be happy and that Paige deserves it. <laughs> He's seen where Paige dresses, and he has a, Hardy has a much bigger dressing room, and Paige is more than welcome to go there instead with no strings attached. <laughs> uh, and also bringing up that uh, Paige has been on a, a little bit of a, a downturn lately. So great stuff. Yeah, this is, this is perfect for Matt Hardy. And, and he's done some really funny stuff. They have him on BTE still a lot. Um, and he's freaking hilarious on that as well. Um, really, just great stuff. Yeah. I, I just think it's funny. We were talking about this last week about how there's so many stables in AEW. And Heyman on a page, he's just a singles wrestler with no stable, but they consider him a free agent in AEW canon. Like, everybody has to be on a team in this company. So that was kind of weird. But I will say, I like that there's already a path to seeing how Heyman Adam Page is probably going to join the Dark Order because what I see happening is Hardy and um, Private Party are probably going to be upset that Heyman Adam Page doesn't want to join them and they'll go after Page three-on-one and he's going to need backup. So this is probably right. the path to him going to the Dark Order. So I like that they're already kind of planting those seeds. Yeah, You said this is par- probably him going to the Dark Order? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. definitely think this is going to end with him going to the Dark Order because he'll need their help against Matt Hardy and Private Party. Yeah, that's what I, I, I agree. That's what I think is going to happen too. Uh, next up, I thought, uh, I'm, I'm sure most people thought this was the match of the night. Jungle Boy versus Dax Harwood. Uh, Dax the Axe, they were calling him. Um, uh, <laughs> it was, I mean, it's a long match, really good. Um, Jungle Boy coming out to Tarzan Boy, and I know, um, Tony Khan bought that for him. Uh, what, what's your thought on that? that I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. It's an 80s song. Um. Why don't I remember it? It, it, it wasn't it wasn't that big, but because when I heard you know it, you know it, you didn't recognize it when you heard it, Matt. No. Oh yeah, it was a really popular song in the eighties. They've used it in movies and stuff like that. Okay, I just thought he had cool new, not cool new music, but he had his own individual music. I thought that was cool, but that's about it. Um, anyways, this yeah, you guys, this was a great match. Um, let's just talk about that real quick, dude. Hey, Dax and his partner can't get on TV right now. <laughs> that's how stacked this roster is. They're the best yeah. tag team in the world. Um, not, you know, them or Bucks or whomever. But they're freaking awesome. They can't even get on TV. Right. Like, this is the first time they've wrestled in a match in many, many weeks. Right. I actually do like Jungle Boy's music. I know it looks like you're about to bury it, Raj, but I will say that <laughs> Jungle Boy is a very uh, good character with a live crowd and you can even hear the fans were singing along with that music so when he really gets over when it's time for him to hit the ground running when fans come back that chant of tarzan boy where fans will do in arenas all around the country is going to help make him into an even bigger star 
I think it's good for a while, but I think as a top-level star, you need to get more of a serious edge. And, and, and again, I think for the time being, this works. But it'd be like coming out to Why Can't We Be Friends, you know? Like uh, Homer Simpson did in that one episode of The Simpsons. Um, at some point, if you want to have more of an edge and be, a, you know, like a Jericho or uh, someone in the main event level, I don't know if that, that would work. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I was kind of surprised with the ending. Uh, JB uh, got the pin uh, and actually I was going for a pin and locked Harwood in a snare trap and Harwood ended up tapping out. So um, that that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been a while since they've shined up uh, Jungle Boy because when this company first opened up for business, like he was the next big thing. I always thought like uh, that. I thought the company realized that as well and. I think they still realize that it's just, again, they don't have enough minutes on television for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, They've really got to figure this out. Seriously. I know it feels early for them to talk about two shows and whatnot, because they've only been around for a year. They really do need another televised, fully televised primetime show. They have to have one. man. Yeah. And it's in the works. Tony Khan just did an interview uh, with Renee Young. uh, Renee. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, where he was saying the third hour, it's gonna be it's gonna be a one hour show on a different night, and uh, it's coming. Just you know, obviously with this pandemic, we'll just have to see when. Much needed. Uh, so at ringside, Tully Blanchard and uh, Cash Wheeler were handcuffed to Luchasaurus. Uh, they got the the handcuffs removed. Tully threw powder into Luchasaurus's eyes, and then they did a beat down on Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus for a while. Uh, they did a lot of Tully classic stuff. They they did. It, it looked like they did the, the the special Tully suplex, but then into a brain buster as opposed to just the suplex, the spring suplex yes. into the yeah. ropes. And then they did the spike pile driver that they used to do in the WWF that the brain busters used to do in brain WWF. Busters. So. Yep. Listen, uh, so so th- this is set up for they're gonna have a great tag team feud. Like I'd pay money to see Jurassic Express, not Marco Stunt. Stay the bleep out of their match, Marco versus uh them I, I think you know all four talents would tear that bleep up they already have but i think they'd i'd like to see it continue yeah I'm isn't afraid. it crazy that uh we're in 2021 and three of the four original horsemen command like major real estate in current wrestling programming between rick flair arn anderson and Tony uh, blanchard that's just I, I just realized that when you're talking about Tony blanchard they're just wrestling just doesn't know how to like over the past <laughs> yeah. Tully was great tonight. I, I really liked Tully tonight. It was very old school the way they used the handcuffs and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, Tully's great, um, and, and they gave him a while because a lot of times they do these beatdowns after the matches, and a bunch of guys run in right away. So they gave him a little while before Marco yeah. Stunt of all people ran in yeah. uh, with the chair, and then SU and Top Flight also came out. Uh, so <laughs> outside, they had uh, Team Taz uh, doing a promo. Uh, uh, talking about their upcoming street fight with Sting and Darby Allen. And then they see a merchandise table and they beat up this merchandise guys. <laughs> and Brian Cage did the old Kevin Nash, Ray Mysterio dart spot from Nitro uh, in the late 90s, where he lifted him up and just threw him headfirst into the, the trailer. Yeah. Um, kind of a cool throwback. And, you know, it got the point, I got the point across. Mm, it was all right. I think I like this better than Sting and Darby. When you compare the two segments, because they're going back and forth with each other, I thought this made them look like more badass than Sting and Darby. Do you think by doing the same exact spot that Nash and Mysterio did that 
it was a little i don't know um i mean they're paying paying tribute but also not coming up with your own cool spot right i mean you see this all the time in wrestling they're wrestling loves its easter eggs and i think they just realized a lot of people watching are hardcore fans who did watch that time and you know tnt and um aew has all kinds of callbacks to the monday night war era that they like doing and um, this is just another thing that they did i mean yeah we saw another example of that when, when we will get into it later, but beat up John Moxley is a callback to something that already happened. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Uh, so up next we had um, we had Britt Baker versus uh, versus Shanna. Uh, they went actually they went actually for a little while. Uh, at the end, uh, Reba jumped up on the apron to do a distraction, uh, distracted the referee. Breaker brought Shanna down and applied the lockjaw for the quick tap out. Britt Baker getting the win with the submission uh, after the match. Baker started beating her down, and then Thur- Thunder Rosa's music hit, and she ran out of the ring, uh, ran to the ring, and then the heels ran off as Thunder Rosa checked on Shanna. Yeah, Matt was talking about that extra hour. Britt Baker is one of the people who I think could explode leaps and bounds when they do get that extra hour because she gets better every time I see her in the ring, and she doesn't get that much ring time. Uh, but she looked really good here. I think Shanna did a good job making her look good. And I just kind of like the Britt Baker character. It's kind of this ridiculous, over-the-top character and all of her antics. But when you see her in the ring, she wrestles like a killer, like, like a monster in the violent moves that she uses. Right. Uh, you know, we were talking about the beatdown after the match, and then someone ran in to get the save. Is that two so far that we've had? I believe so, yeah. Is that three or two? No, it's two. I feel like it's a missing one. Two. I think that's two. All right, that's two. There, there's another one coming up. Um, oh, no, there was a th- this is three now, I think. Because the Jake the Snake, they remember they have. Oh, yeah. So this is three. Third, yeah. Right. (laughs) Okay. So then after that, we had uh, MJF, uh, a backstage segment with MJF and Sammy Guevara. MJF uh, told him he didn't tell Wardlow to get involved in last night's match, uh, last week's match. MJF says he docked Wardlow's pay and it won't ever happen again. Sammy doesn't believe him. He says everyone believes what he says, but he believes what everybody says, but not him. And he says he sees exactly what MJF is up to. MJ asks him if he's sure he wants to play it that way. And Sammy responds, I'm not playing. Yeah, I mean, Sammy Guevara is going to be a huge baby face one day. And I, I, know, I think it's already happened. He's still aligned with his heel stable, but he, he's got a lot of promise as a baby face, I think. Yeah. So next week on Beach Break, they're going to have the wedding of Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian. No no bachelor party. They never did that. Yeah, this is weird. And they have teased it on TV. Haven't they been talking about yeah. doing that? Yeah. That's, so this is one of those things. This whole angle has been a mess. And this is kind of another example of it. So maybe this wedding is going to be so entertaining that it'll justify it. But I just see this thing continuing to go down the tube. I'm not into this. I hope this is where Miro can break away. Because, just go away. Yeah, right? Just get the hell away from this stupid wedding angle that they booked him in like i don't i don't want to see the bachelor party i don't want to see anything i don't want to see the damn wedding i just want to press fast forward to the day after the wedding and they start to get Miro by himself again he's a main event star for that company too which is saying something but he is he's a bona fide main event talent i don't care what what anybody says he is and it's up to them to use him that way otherwise they are not getting their money's worth from him and that's their fault that's bad investment. Yeah. And one thing, uh, another thing, Miro, he, he's got the brown hair back. I think that looks a lot better. So It does. Those small things. 
Uh, also next week, Thunder Rosa versus Rip, Britt Baker, a tag team battle royal with the winners facing uh, the Young Bucks at Revolution. The Young Bucks win, they get to pick their opponents. And then also Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus, uh, versus John Moxley, Pac, so, Pac, and Ray Phoenix. So this is going to sound corny. I love the Revolution, uh, uh, the, the, the graphic. Oh, yeah. Like, it really pops. That, that, that really pops and looks different than other pay-per-views I've seen in the past. It looks inc- very different, very, very green, very colorful. It pops right off the screen wherever you see it, even on your phone. Um, I saw it today. That's why it was making me think of the, st- the street fight I saw, yeah. a shot of that, and I was like, damn, that looks good, man. Yeah. K- kind of Matrix-y? A little, a little yeah, yeah I, I definitely. It looks dope. Yeah, no, it looks good. Uh, let's see. And then... Backstage, we had a, a promo with the Good Brothers and the Young Bucks. Uh, Gallows was hyping next week's match against Moxley, Phoenix, and Pac. They did another throwback, which, Alfred, you mentioned earlier, uh, where Gallows and Anderson said uh, one of their favorite things to do is, and they said, beat up John Moxley, which is a throwback to the beat up John Cena. Um, Kenny Omega showed up, asked Matt if he's interrupting anything. Callis showed up with bandages all over his side of his face. And <laughs> And Matt and Nick asked what happened to him. Cal said, you assaulted me. And they started arguing as Omega kept them separated. So they've, they've effed this up. I can't, I don't want to say it. You know, I'm a homer. I admit it before we cover this podcast. I do. All right. For AEW, I give them a lot more rope than I do WWE. All right, fine. I can't on this because this is the most important angle they have. And I feel they've bungled it. They had a great way when they went off the air when they had Bucks, Two Sweeting, everybody, uh, uh, the other three, Good Brothers and Kenny Omega, when they went off the air. My opinion, that's the best they've gone off the air before. Um, the hottest, the most intrigued, wanting to come back the next week and see what's up. And immediately it was, well, they're not really in, or are they? Right. Are they or are they not? Don't do that. Don't don't do that. It's not going to make me want to stay around and wait to see do they join or not, or they're going to be enemies this entire time. Because if you're going to be enemies this whole time, stop kissing each other's asses. Right. You're not going to be hanging out in the hallway with them. Oh, but man, they go way back. Blah 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 blah. No, no. This is a wrestling program, uh, and this is where I don't like shades of gray. Um, not in your main event storyline like this, and it hurt. I think it makes the Bucks look bad, quite honestly. Um, either they're in or they're not. And if they're not, then keep their asses separated. So when we do see them on the screen together, it means more. Not farting around playing grab ass backstage with jokes that, you know, what? How many people watch BT? You said, Raj, 5,000, 50,000, something like that? It's like, it's like 200,000 worldwide. So, so. Two, that, that, that playing grab ass and making jokes that me and, you know, 199,000 other people get. Right. And, and also, if you're doing the storyline, Give, give it a little time to, to marinate, you know, yeah. like the, the very yes. next week they're teasing dissension. Um, you, Dude, again, down I, the road, I, I, yes. I, I thought I missed something. Raj, when we came back and we did NXT the following week, I go, I watch BTE. I watch Dark. I, I really do. I'm not BSing. I don't really miss an episode of any of that of those shows. And I go, did I miss something? Was there something reported on, like, the wrestling sheets and something, the, the, the dirt sheets and stuff that I missed? that they broke up somehow or something happened, somebody turned on somebody, because the next week, they're not in the group. Right. 
And yeah. Kenny did the stupid little thing. Oh, he's going to come on out. We're going to play your music. You're going to come on separate entrances. And then the Good Brothers came on out, you know, instead. Like, that was stupid. That was such a stupid move. I didn't like that. Yeah. And, and a good portion of this audience doesn't, you know, or watch all those things. Yeah. And, and a good portion don't watch New Japan. They're probably not that familiar no. with Bull Club. They might have heard of it. Uh, but they well, yeah. didn't actually watch it. So explain that story a little bit. And, and they should explain there. that story a little bit better, right? They can show, can't they show pictures? Have they showed pictures? And I just missed it. Maybe have they shown so. pictures of them in Japan? I don't think so. Alfred, I don't think they have. No, they might, might have. And like a couple of those road two shows that they do that you can see on YouTube. I know I've seen some like stills with okay. like Kenny Omega and stuff like that in New Japan, but I don't think they've told that story on um, Dynamite. They should tell that story. Yeah, they really should. And I think okay, I will commend AEW on telling a story. They are going somewhere with this gimmick. It's not necessarily the direction I would go. Um, and I do think they're telling the wrong story. I, I don't like the fact that they seemed excited. They seem to at least acknowledge the Bullet Club's a big deal by having them reunite when they went off the air. And there's a lot of money to be made, merchandise to sell by not necessarily calling them the Bullet Club, but let them unite, let them call themselves something, and then tease the dissension. You know, I think they're working backwards here. They're overthinking themselves, it seems like. Now, yeah. I wonder I wonder if there's any legal uh, ramifications with the Gallows oh, using... I'm so- I mean, Anderson yeah. using the term Bullet Club on the show that, you know, New Japan owns. They may have worked something out behind the scenes for, for all we know. Who who yeah. knows? You know, maybe Anderson's the only one that can say it. Maybe Gal's the only one that could say it in a one-off, you know, one-time thing maybe because they're going back to New Japan. Who knows? Yeah. But um, that's a good point, actually. Maybe it's the same as when they say shit, that they can only say it one time per hour and they'll be fine. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, and and like New Japan has new mem- uh, new ownership. Maybe yeah. they gave their blessing to them to the, do it. But um, anyway, so they uh, basically Young Bucks, they tease that if they win the Battle Royal, uh, they can choose their own opponents. And they tease that it might be Gallus and Anderson. Uh, finally, so. the main mm-hmm. event, uh, we had the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers versus the Dark Order. Uh, as you'd expect, Grayson took the pin after a Meltzer driver by Matt and Nick. They got the one, two, three. Afterwards, Matt got on the mic and said, oh, this was where he said, uh, whoever wins the Battle Royal gets, um, they get to pick their opponent and they they might be able to. And hinted it might be Gallus and Anderson. They said, you know, that's great, too sweet. They all did this too sweet gesture. Uh, Then we had another run-in after that. Phoenix ran out by himself. Uh, Pentagon is apparently injured. He's out for a while. Uh, Phoenix hit a slingshot double dropkick on the Bucks. Uh, the Good Brothers took him down, and then Moxley came in for the save. Omega ran out, but Moxley got him right away, and Moxley and Phoenix celebrated as the show closed. So, so again, the Bucks are friends with the the, the Good Brothers again. Um, like I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's all over the place for me. I, I you know, they get our hopes ex- uh, all up that. They are all together, but yet they're not. Yeah. It's they found actually they found a way to manage you guys to actually confirm one of the biggest like wrestling uh, sayings there is, which is you can't be halfway pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not. That's what a lot of like agents would say to me about certain things I'd want to do in my match or my promos. Like either you're going to go all the way or you're not, you know? Um, they have found a way to be halfway pregnant with this young bucks and good brothers click too sweet shit storyline. <laughs> um, 
and that being said, it was, it was and real quick, another thing that Wait, this gosh. was one thing that kind of bugged me with Kenny Omega is that since he's won the title, he's been wearing suits, he's been looking, you know, all awesome. debonair. He and then tonight, awesome. he looks like he's back to going to the gym. Stay consistent uh, with that. If if you're changing your your character up to where you're yes. wearing fancy suits and everything, keep that up. You don't keep doing it. Yeah, keep Rick, doing it. Rick Flair wasn't out in shorts and a t-shirt, you know, doing a run-in when he was doing yeah. his character. So. And he's not doing a knockoff on Ric Flair, obviously. Right. He's just he's a professional athlete. He's the world's heavyweight champion. He's spending his money. He's making more money. Therefore, he's spending it on nice things, the finer things in life, the things that we don't like seeing being thrown in our face. Right. right? And so when he comes out with clothes that you could find at middle school, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, what do you call it? Return clothes return. Right. Uh, uh, lost and found, rather, you know, in the front office, it, you don't look like a star. Yeah. But outside of that, I thought it was a, a fun show. Yeah. Great, 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 great. And, and we need to, not that we, we, we have, amp, we don't have that much time to do this, but I was going to say that match deserves more time to talk about. That match was frigging mm-hmm. off the chain good. That was such a great match. I, I think the main event for AEW when they put out those quarter by quarter numbers is going to absolutely slaughter NXT because that yeah. NXT main event it was good, but it took a long time to get going. I was watching them back and forth, and you're just seeing AEW, especially when they came out of break. They're flying all over the place, powerbombing each other on the apron, yes. and NXT they're just laying on each other doing all this technical British stuff that is not going to yes. really appeal to an American audience, and I think they're just going to get annihilated. Killed, yeah. Uh, real quick, King Rails asking off-topic question: If you take trade places with the AEW WWE star, who personally Bucks to WWE and Dolph to AEW, or he's and then he changed it, so not okay. Bucks, Kenny. Sorry, Kenny to WWE. I don't think they'd use him right. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. If he gets a legit opportunity like AJ got, that's what I. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. Because then of AJ maybe. Styles, I would have no problem with. I think Kenny's one of those cream rises to the top type guys where, I, you know, a lot of people put Ricochet in that category. And as much as I love Ricochet, I always thought there was a chance I could screw. I don't think there's a chance they could screw Kenny Omega up, even if they tried. I think he's that good in terms of a guy who would just be a top star no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in WWE, you have to have strong promo skills. And AJ really showed that he does. And yeah. So, um, and real quick, uh, Bigfoot Sneakerhead saying, hey, guys, I just love the NXT women's division. I feel the NXT women's title is more important than the WWE title. Just yeah. give them their own show. I agree. Okay. We'll get into that. Okay. They do a great job. It's very, NXT has a very UFC-style way of booking their titles in that one guy is a champion, and you know at least three people who want a shot. They don't just go from guy to guy, and they have to have a feud because of pay-per-views coming up. There are like three people calling out the NXT world champion on the men's side, and there's three women calling out the NXT women's champion, and it's brilliant. It's like sports. Yeah, yeah. My only thing with them getting their own show is, it, it, you know, getting another TV deal would be tough. And you see the emphasis anytime they add a new show on with how they treat it. I mean, 205 Live, you have to remind yourself that it's even there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, all right, Alfred, do you want to take over NXT? Absolutely. We uh, get into NXT. They start off kind of hot. MSK against uh, Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. There's a lot of high flying in this. Uh, much of a showcase of MSK, who, who looked great. Uh, the finish came where I believe it was Nash Carter uh, hitting the moonsault to the outside on Dane. And then they uh, hit their double team finish on uh, Drake Maverick for the win. So MSK moves on in the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Um, what did you think about this opener, Matt? Good, good showcase match. Good showcase match, you guys, I thought. Yeah. Um, they were able to 
get all their bleep in, right? All their crap. Um, I thought all three of them were coming, though. And I saw an impact. Um, Trey, whatever the hell his name is, uh, went back to impact. So, um, anyways, just a little tidbit I saw. Um, But great showcase for them. Great showcase with a new crowd, new audience. And that was actually a story that I broke when it first happened, that they were all believed to go to WWE. Uh, and so, you know, they hadn't signed yet, but it was they were having talks with WWE. It was believed that's where they were headed. And Triple uh, H was asked about that. Nick Hausman, yeah. our own Nick Hausman, asked him, uh, you know, what what's up with Trey Miguel? Why hasn't he signed? And Triple H kind of made it sound like it was Miguel... Uh, Miguel's fault. Like if he doesn't, he said something along the lines of if he, if he doesn't want to be in NXT, uh, you know, then he, he's not going to be in NXT. And Miguel so, actually hit back on that. And he, I believe he said there were some personal problems he was going through with, there was a death in his family. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I think right. that's what he said. That's why he wasn't, uh, you know, he was kind of mulling his options. Can, can I tell you something? Back when I was wrestling there, dude, you couldn't even get away saying something like that. Like today, at least there'd be outrage if that's the case. And like Hunter said that, and like people will at least stick up for him. Like, dude, he had a death in the family. What the hell is wrong with you? And like, he would have to apologize. Back when I was there, dude, no, no, there's no. I was told there's no reasonable explanation why you could ever, ever miss a date. No death in the family is good enough. Um, me asking my wife's hand in marriage was definitely not good enough. You know, at six months in advance notice, I gave Jim Ross, but nonetheless. Um, and you get yourself heat. They'll be like, yeah, sure, no problem, go. But then you'll be on uh, velocity for three straight months. Right. You know what I mean? So different. it's much well, different and better day and age for wrestling talents today, I'll say. Yeah. And just to clear up that trim again, I just went back and checked. It was like his nephew was born and had some health concerns, but, uh, you know, that that's all he would say. It wasn't necessarily that. It was just something with his nephew born. So, uh, But, you know, hopefully. I, so you said he's fine with Impact? He's going to go back with Impact? Yeah, he was on uh, just this past week. He made his return. Yeah, I saw yeah. it. Okay. That's good. Yeah, and I believe he has officially signed. I don't think it was a one-time thing. Um, I actually had just received something about that yesterday, and I haven't gotten to post it yet. Dude, Trey Miguel, man, you should have went to the E, brother. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder Call if they would hold that again. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Fix it. Whatever happened, whatever bumbled this up, just call them and fix it. So um, non-communication is a wrestler's death. Wrestlers always expect the office to call the talent, not the other way around. And the office is very cocky, depending who's in the office for WWE time. And they expect, like John Laurinaitis, they expect the talents to reach out to you, to him. And no communication happens. Sorry. We have a backstage interview with Kurt Stallion. He's introducing who he is. He's talking about making towns. His big line was that he's the lone star and he's looking to become a superstar. God love the guy. I thought this is terrible. I didn't know who Kurt Stallion was before, and this did not make me excited for anything. Uh, and then, Wait, you, you mumbled over him hitting the towns. Do you have it written down by any chance? I did. I, I said that. I said he. that's one of the things he said. I'm making my towns. He said a lot of <laughs> I what want to make sure I said it right. I popped huge that? for that line. I was like, why are you saying that? Nobody knows yeah, yeah. how that is. You're talking like an old carny talent. Yeah, I mean, this did nothing for me. I mean, they had him say the right things. Just, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Later on in the night, Kurt Stallion was attacked. We don't know who did it yet. 
we'll get into that. But this match did do not we care. Up. Do we care? Do we I care? Don't. Who them? No. <laughs> Uh, you know, I wasn't a fan of this. God love Chris Stein. Hopefully he figures it out. But uh, <laughs> It's a terrible name, too. Poor yeah. Chris Stein. Barry, before he even began. Poor guy. Yeah, I just don't know about this. <laughs> then we get Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez. They're back together against Aaliyah and Jess Kamea. Uh, Kamea and Aaliyah, we haven't seen them really for, I want to say, months. Maybe six months of part of the Robert Stone brand. And I thought they looked really good. They did, like, kind of a double splits maneuver. They didn't yeah. do anything offensive. I thought Raquel Gonzalez looked like a monster, as always. Um the finish just basically came where they tagged her in. She cut off a, a comeback from Jess Kamea and hit her choke bomb. Continues to look great. And Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai are really being positioned as favorites for the Dusty Rhodes Classic. They should. They're killers. Uh, Dakota Kai, too. I love Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai was a top five women's talent there for quite a long time, if you go back. Um, when the when the next influx of women talent started on that show um, with Rhea Ripley and company, right? Dakota Kai was a top five talent at the time. Um, I hope she gets back there because she's, I think she's incredibly underrated. Yeah, no, she's great. Yeah, she just seems to be kind of on the outside looking in because she was. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. but hopefully she gets cycled back in once they get through some of these women. It looks like they're going to kind of speed it up. We'll get it in, uh, into this a little later in terms of who challenges for the NXT Women's Championship. It looks like they're going to go into a triple threat, so that'll open more space for Dakota coming out of uh, their next pay-per-view. Yeah. Backstage, we get a segment with The Way. So Johnny Gargano before didn't want to hear the word curse. Now it's the word Kushida. He doesn't want to hear an Austin Theory. Kind of playing up his dumb guy character. Keeps saying Kushida. And uh, Dexter Loomis is watching backstage. Then we go to Tyler Rust against uh, some guy. They don't say what his name was. It's just an enhancement talent. This was, it was good because it was a showcase of Tyler Rust. But they went a while and they went back and forth. And this guy who I've never heard of got a lot of offense, including a guillotine choke. So Tyler Russ was in trouble in some of the parts of this match, but he did win. The story they're telling here is that Tyler Russ last week chose his own opponent. It was Bronson Reed, and he lost. Now Malcolm Bivens is choosing his opponent, so they're guys who are much easier for Tyler Russ to beat. Hey, chat room, let us know if they said the opponent's name at all on commentary, please. Yeah, I didn't hear. I don't think they said it all. But, uh, you know, I mean, the guy didn't look bad, to be honest, but I was just surprised at how much offense he got. Uh, real quick, Jody Shana Jenkins with the $5 Super Chat saying, I can't look at Karrion Cross without thinking of the Deacon Batista gimmick. The fangs, etc. their mannerisms are really close. Anyone else feel that? Deacon Batista didn't have fangs, though. I don't know what you mean by that. Yeah, I, I'm trying to picture. I don't think he had fangs either. Unless, no, yeah. unless she means uh, when he was Leviathan. Oh, Leviathan. yeah. yeah. Leviathan, the demon of the deep from OVW. Um, yeah. Yeah, except, by the way, Leviathan was 385 pounds of muscle. No joke. It's when he was his biggest. I'd never seen a human that wide in my life. Like, you thought Batista was big with WWE? He had to lose muscle so he could become a better wrestler and get out of his own way and not tear muscles every two weeks. He was too big, too muscular. Like, I'd never seen that or heard a problem like that before. He had it. Um but anyways, no, I, I don't get that out of that with, with, with Killer Cross. I don't. And Karen Cross was not on this show, but they did do a backstage kind of promo with Scarlett. Saying and he's a that. much better worker, a much better worker than De- definitely Deacon Batista and Leviathan were. Leviathan was doing stupid tackle spots still when he was Leviathan. And Deacon Batista, he had to be a bodyguard because he was still greener than goose shit. He didn't learn, he didn't learn anything yet. You know, once he started going, then yeah different story 
They became a very good talent. Yeah. King Rails asking, who from NXT do you think we get in the Rumble? And do they stay on the main roster after? Damian Priest? I, I don't know what to say because they blew it with Keith Lee. When they did this with Keith Lee, he got such a spotlight. He looked amazing. Yeah, yeah, that cool spot with Lesnar. Yes, he was instantly made. That's your biggest star. You could tell Brock wanted to work with him. Yeah, I was like, who the freak is Brock this guy? Tell he loved that. He was selling <laughs> for him with, his, with, with how he was looking at him and everything. He was selling oh, yeah. big time for him. I don't know why they dropped the ball with him, but whatever. I think we're definitely getting Rhea Ripley. She might even win for all I know. Um, and I, so. I think they just like Raquel Gonzalez so much, and she is a monster. And I know she's kind mm-hmm. of needy in an NXT feud, but she just seems like the type of person who they'd want to get out there and eliminate three, four people just to kind of establish that she's coming. Yes. I can see that. Okay. Kind of, kind of like the Bianca Belair spot last year. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we get Leon Ruff and Kushida against the Grizzled Young Vets. Ruff and Kushida have not been teaming together for long, but I always have so much fun watching them in the ring. There was a lot of cool stuff they did. They did a lot of tag team strategy moves, like yeah. Kushida blocking people off to make sure there was nobody coming in for the pin. So I like how these guys work together. Ruff did this like Spider-Man-like maneuver where he's springboarding from one rope to the other. I thought they were really good, uh, but they did not win. Ruff, I guess, hits uh, Moonsault to the outside, but then they um, – Grizzly Young Vets hit Ticket to Ride for the win. Gargano and Theory lay out Kushida and Ruff after the match. And then Dexter Loomis once again pops up in the crowd and scares Austin Theory, who goes running to Gargano like a child running to his father. And uh, nothing happened after that. They just, uh, um, what do you mean nothing was, happened? Alfred, there's, too much, this thing that had way too much shit in this. All this, this stuff happened. A, I mean, with the Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis just stood there, and he didn't go after uh, anybody. He just kind of stared. Because it's stupid. The Dexter oh, Loomis stuff is stupid. It's so corny. I get nothing out of it. He's just always sitting there perving, staring at people. It's weird. Um, I get that's what we're supposed to be feeling so great. And good job they did that. They accomplished that. But, like, this match was a great tag match. Yeah. And you immediately shit all over it by... Again, throwing 20 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag within that segment. That match was perfectly timed. Everything was well executed. He's, like you said, great execution on old-school tag team tandem wrestling, right? Being a true team with one another. I dug all of that. And at the end, even though I love Johnny Gargano, I love what he's doing, um, I just didn't think this was the time to do any of that stuff after the match. Yeah, there was a lot going on here. Um this is where backstage Chris Stallion is attacked. Listen, it's not real, so I was kind of glad because it meant we didn't have to see any more of Chris Stallion. But, hey, maybe he'll get better. Uh, then we get Legato Del Fantasma backstage, and Regal comes in typing hot. He's angry at Legato Del Fantasma. He's saying they're the ones who attacked Chris Stallion. They're acting like they don't know what happened. Um, and Regal says that Chris Stallion will face – Santos Escobar next week, and if he somehow gets attacked, there will be consequences. And it was at this point that Santos Escobar finds a you know, kind of a tarot card that says the end is near. So if you remember, last week, uh, Santos Escobar cut a promo on Carry On Cross saying that, you know, the chip, the title isn't the only chip that you lost off your shoulder or something of those lines. So it looks like they're going to follow up with Carry On Cross going after That's the- definitely, yeah, it's definitely Killer Cross. Yeah. I'm sorry, Carry On Cross. Um, real quick, this was. I think Phantasma is a big time star. Me too. Right? He, he gives you that feel. Every time he's on that damn camera, I get that feel every time. Doesn't matter what he's doing at this point. He could be walking down the hall. Folks, coming up next, we've got, you know, like that. Even then, he looks like a star. 
Yeah, and it, I don't like the fact that it seems like, because I really love the fact that as a Cruiserweight champion, he's calling out all the other champions and putting that title on the same Me level. Too. But it seems like they're just doing that to build him up in a chum bait for Karrion Cross. I don't, I don't necessarily think he's the type of wrestler who's just get destroyed by Karrion Cross. They, they, hmm. So I think Karrion Cross is a bigger star. Yeah, sure. But, you can, yeah, but 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 that's, you're right. There's no reason to go ahead and fast forward, hit the fast forward button on Phantasma and just and feed him already. I agree with that. You know, yeah. keep him away from him a little bit longer if you could. Um, we get a Tony Storm segment, which is just fantastic for Tony Storm, I thought. Uh, she just calls out EO. EO shows up, and they start to brawl. EO initially holds the ring, but then Mercedes Martinez comes out, lays out EO. Back comes Tony Storm, and now all three of them start to brawl. At the end, when the smoke clears, Tony Storm is standing tall with the NXT Women's Championship. What do you think about and this? Boy, did that look good. That outshot looked great. Yeah. And that's when people say, you know, does this person pass the looks test that they're a star? It's that out shot holding. What would they look like holding a championship title, either step, standing on the second turnbuckle or standing in the middle of the ring over somebody's dead body, holding that title high over your head? That's the money shot, right? And how would they look doing that? Would you buy it, you know? Yes, for Tony Storm. In every sense of the word, yes. She's a mega. I, honest to God, I think she could be a mega star if they booked her correctly. That's all that was going through my mind watching this. And not only that, I mean, they're positioning her as a heel and she can play the role, but just watching her offense and that running butt bump she does, and it's just so fun to watch her do these moves that it's like, man, she's coming baby off like face. such a baby face. Like, how do you boo this woman? And I mean, she cleared this ring with this legit badass and Mercedes Martinez and Io Shirai, who's been dominant, and she just completely ran wild on him. And I thought it made her look she's like a such a baby face. Yeah. She's a star, man. Yeah. I mean, and that that would be a good choice for making a surprise appearance in the Rumble and getting letting her get a couple of eliminations in. Yeah, uh, Stephen Marchichuli saying since NXT call-ups haven't won the Rumble, how about Ripley for the women's? And who wins it for the men? I think Cross deserves a Goldberg streak. Uh, wow. Real quick, Whoa, men, uh, women's uh, Royal Rumble winner. Ripley's an easy one. Uh, I shouldn't say easy, but R- Ripley it makes sense for her to win. Um, Men? I honestly have no idea. It could be anybody. Yeah. It really can. I'm sticking with my picks. I mean, we made these picks a couple weeks ago. I said Daniel Bryan and Alexa Bliss, and I'm sticking with that. I'm going to go Alexa Bliss and Edge. Ooh, the Edge pick could be good, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a great story, and he should go after Roman. Yeah, he should. I, I like how, I mean, it's wide open for the wrong reasons because they're just not telling you the story. But I love the fact that it is wide open. I have literally no idea who's going to win this thing, and I haven't felt that way in a That's, long time. Yeah. No, there's always a tip-off. There's always yeah. some type of tip of who the, you know, at least three talents out of the bunch have a best chance of winning it, right? We don't have that this year. We go backstage, and Swerve Scott cuts a weird promo. He tells Mackenzie Mitchell to point her finger at him and then she points at him and he goes, how many fingers are pointing back at you? So he's doing this kind of conspiracy gimmick where he thinks everybody blames him for everything. Uh, then we get a promo with Roderick Strong in Undisputed Era, who kind of cut the same promo they've been cutting. We're going to be two-time Dusty Cup champions. Uh, Swerve Scott has a match with Bronson Reed. I had no problem with the match, but Swerve got beaten. Um, I mean, there's so many people who could do this role. It's so weird how they just keep as much as they put into Swerve Scott that he's the guy who's just in this role. But Bronson Reed looked good. He was all right. Um, I, I think they lost viewers on this match, if I'm being honest. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see. We get Thatcher and Champa cutting a promo together. I mean, this just fits when you see them together. It's this backstage promo of these two tough guys. They don't look 
particularly pleased to be teaming together because they're not looking at each other in the eye or like friends or anything. And in fact, Ciampa just walks off after the promo, but I just love this. This just makes so much sense with these two. Yeah, it does. Uh, they're going to go up against Undisputed Era next week. And then finally, we get the main event, Finn Balor, Kyle Riley. This is what I was talking about earlier. It's a very technical match. Nothing wrong with it, but it started very slow. Uh, they spent a lot of time doing a lot of submission chain wrestling. And I mean, it's just going head-to-head with this match on AEW that is just, they're just going wild. Like, it's usually what you see to open AEW, how hot they started. That's what's going on on the other channel. And these guys are just kind of doing a lot of technical stuff. Um, but the match finally comes to an end. It was a pretty cool finish where Kyle O'Reilly catches Danny Birch. Uh, mid drop kick and slaps on a knee bar, knee, knee bar uh, for the win. Um, and then we get a lot of stuff with Pete Dunn, uh, Oni Lorcan, and Danny Birch attacking Finn Balor. They managed to do the finger snap gimmick with uh, Finn Balor's yep. fingers before Undisputed Era runs in and runs them off. And then we kind of get Finn Balor kind of standing tall with Undisputed Era, but at the same time wanting revenge against Pete Dunn. So they're clearly headed in that direction with Pete Dunn and Finn Balor. Okay, so real, real quick, I, I'm sorry, I've got to say it. I, I think the Finn Balor NXT experiment, experiment has been an utter failure. Failure. And no offense to him, but that title has never – I'm being dead serious. I think he's been the worst NXT champion. Of all time? This run. This 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 run right now, not his – definitely not his demon in first run with NXT. He is one of the best, I would argue. Right. <laughs> but right. this run, no question. I mean – Whose was worse, Bobby? Like whose? Let's think of some. I mean, yeah, that is a very intriguing question. I have not felt that down on it. I think it's dude, been fun. They, they've been dude. They've been incredibly careful with who they've put that title on, and what they've done with that talent. If you go back and you think of all the ones, uh, I wrote them out earlier, a whole bunch of them. But it's it's incredibly underwhelming. His matches are great. But yeah. he has a talent when he talks and wants to supposed to be selling me into caring about his character. Right. I don't give a shit. I just don't. Yeah, there's no buzz for any of his matches. If you only care about wrestling, then him and Kyle O'Reilly, that's great. But yeah, you know, outside of that, um, it, look at Phantasmo, for instance. I'll use him as my example. Like, there's something about him that draws me right. um, to want to see his stuff, to see what they have for him next week, and so on and so forth. And maybe to be fair. That's not a good example to use because he's still up. He's still on his my favorite word crescendo. He's on his rise still, right? His star is still going higher and higher. Whereas Finn Balor's is not. All right, they took him off the main roster. I put him in NXT, um, and I just don't think it's he's done for that show. What I was told he was going to do for this show. I will say that this Finn Balor character is the type of Finn Balor, if they're so dead set on not having him be the demon all the time, which I think is the move with him. Stupid. It's so stupid. Right. If they're going to make him Finn Balor, this is a character I'd like to see because if you remember him in WWE, he always had to smile and he was just this goofy character and now he's the prince where he he literally never smiles. And he's a badass and they actually promote him as being somebody who can fight and who can wrestle and whatnot. If that character was in WWE, I think you'd have more of a chance uh, than, because I, I have liked the refreshing of Finn Balor, now he's not the smiling guy that he was in WWE. No. I don't think it's been as offensive, but I can see how it's not really moving the needle. You know, that's definitely a valid concern in terms of the character. Neither is this Dusty Classic, and I, I hate to say it, but uh, they're getting killed with, the, you know, these tag matches in the ratings. Yeah. They, they absolutely are, and the shows are you, starting to kind of run together, really. You don't, you don't think the women's tag will hold up, or did that get killed too? They're all getting, I mean, every episode's getting killed. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, especially when you know it's a tournament, I think tournaments are better when it's in one night. And if it's just this long thing that's going on and on through all these weeks, it's really easy to kind of ignore these early round matches. Well, here's the problem. Remember today's society. I thought when I was wrestling and I used to accuse the fans of living in this microwave era that they, they don't want to wait and see a storyline played out. And that's when I was wrestling. Like now, it's even faster. It's even they want more, 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 more now, 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 now. There, we do have fans that do like long played out storylines. Of course we do. But if you look at the ratings and what generally registers, um, people have very short attention spans, shorter than ever right now because of all the choices they have to go flick around on other streaming services and a million other things to be doing, right? So many different platforms to watch TV nowadays. So it, it's even a shorter attention span, I'd argue. So I think yeah. you're right. If you have to do a tournament, do it all in one night. Let I want to know. I want that payoff. Yeah. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna contribute two hours of my time to watch your damn show, okay, then I want the payoff of the tournament. Don't tell me to come back two weeks from now or a week from now, and, and then watch it. Then that's what I think most fans are doing, is with their attention spans. And I mean, one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time was, if you remember, Survivor Series Deadly Games in 98, the first night The Rock ever won the WWE Championship. That was a, like, I think, 16-person tournament or something like that. And they did a good job weaving stories in and out of all the tournament matches in addition Dude, to giving you a satisfying tournament. I stumbled across this Royal Rumble on VHS that, God, it was, it was different. It was like this tournament. I forget what year it was. And it was awesome. It was like a two-and-a-half-hour show. Yeah, it was on like a, a, a taped. It's hard to explain, but anyways, it was a one shot tournament, is what it was, and it was awesome. I mean, I'm talking back when I was a kid. I think people would dig the one, you know, day yeah. tournament better. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could just be a show, a two hour show. The Dusty WWE is all about their content anyway, and p- producing original content. This should be like a two hour special of the Dusty Rhodes Classic because tag team wrestling is far too niche to invest weeks uh, of programming into it. We're still an episode of NXT with it. Try something yeah. new against AEW. That's been kicking your ass. Right. Mm-hmm. And for WWE tag team wrestling, because AEW does tag team wrestling, you know, they promote the tag team division like it's just as important as a world title. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you right now, if NXT did all women's, though, like, like say next Wednesday, for example, the two hours go to nothing but the women talent. I right. think you'd see a different number if they promoted it. Yeah. I'm not saying they'd beat AEW. I don't know. I just know it would be higher than what it is tonight. That makes sense. Okay. I agree. Uh, real quick, uh, Bigfoot Sneakerhead's asking, Matt, if WWE asked you to enter the Royal Rumble, would you? And no. if they asked you to stand until WrestleMania, would you want to work? Who would you want to work with? Yeah, AJ is a good call. Yeah, he was my, my favorite opponent, safest opponent, easiest opponent to work with, um, or Kurt Angle. Who's no longer working? Um, no, that's how I was coming back in 2014. Was exactly that exact setup. Yeah. Uh, Bear Hudson saying, "What do you think of the Bianca Belair Chronicle, and should she be the favorite to win the Royal Rumble?" Bianca oh. Belair is a megastar. She is so adorable, though. To steal Glenn's word, if you watch that uh, that that special on her, the Chronicle, that was really well done. And she just has such a great attitude. She's always smiling. And, and when people smile, I don't know about you guys, but like when certain people have, smile, you you feel it. It's organic. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's a really happy person. 
That's a very grateful person. That's a special person. I get that when I watch. Well, whenever she smiles, I get that from her. Yeah, I can't wait to watch. I mean, I've watched just about all of WWE's documentary. I think they do phenomenal work when it comes to documentaries. Because it's pro wrestling, it's never going to be considered for an Emmy. But if these Emmy people did consider everything, like this is Emmy caliber type um, documentary work that they do. And so the day of series is really good. And I, I'm, I've got that on my docket to watch with Bianca Belair. I can't wait. And I do think, yeah, she's actually, I believe she's the number one favorite. The new odds just came out today. And she, if she wasn't number one, she's like either number two or three. To win the uh, Battle Royal? Win the Royal Rumble, yeah. She's very high up there. That's cool. Huh. Uncomfortable silence. Yeah. Raj is making wrestling ink faster for you guys. Oh, Alfred. Uh, so that's we're done with NXT? Yes. Also, yeah. yeah, we're done. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the main event. The uh, show's over, and they went off the air with Finn Balor and Pete Dunne staring each other down. Oh, gotcha. All right, real yes, quick, uh, real quick. Uh, the Raw ratings this past Monday, they did 1.82 million viewers, uh, down from last week, 1.855. This is the Royal Rumble go-home show. This is typically the highest-rated part of WWE season from now till WrestleMania, mm-hmm. uh, to, to a couple of weeks after WrestleMania. So... Uh, you know, big big drop from last year with 1.82 million viewers. Well, SmackDown's been doing well, really well. Yeah. This is a very scary trend for WWE. So, sorry, Matt, in that uh, this is another go-home show. And if you remember, the last three times they've had their lowest viewership ever, those were for go-home shows. Yeah, and so yeah. this one was another go-home show that didn't do well, and it's just very, very bad trend. Yeah. Well, on that note, uh, Matt, do you have anything you want to plug? No. Uh, Alfred, what about you? Uh, follow me on Twitter at This Is Nasty. Read my articles on Forbes and then watch my Pro Wrestling YouTube channel, Pro Wrestling Bits. And myself, for all you checking out Wrestling Inc., if you see anything weird, anything, uh, anything seem up, make sure to let me know. You can DM me, email us, uh, let us know. We want to make sure all the kinks are worked out in the next day or two. I think we got them all. But uh, thank you all for joining us. Uh, join us, uh, as always, after Smackdown, uh, after Smackdown this Friday night with Matt Morgan and Glenn Rubenstein. And we'll see you then. And also, again, this Sunday after the Royal Rumble. So thanks, everyone, for to- joining in, and take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.